I'm Tom Tate, and this is the Power Time Podcast. Power, Power Time. Time. Woohoo! What's up, Power Players? Welcome to episode eight of the Power Time Podcast. I am your host and guide, Tom Tate. I will be taking you back to 1989 as we journey through the history of Nintendo Power one issue at a time. I am so excited to be back. I've been out sick, uh, sick as a dog for the past 10 days or so. So I'm, I'm a few weeks behind on new episodes. You can probably hear a little bit in my voice that I'm still a little stuffed up, but I, I the show must go on. I'm really excited to be back here, and uh, we'll be catching up. So I'll probably try to fit in, you know, two episodes a week in some of the upcoming weeks just to catch up a little bit. Uh, I'm on a, I'm on a tight schedule, uh, so this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be exciting, and it feels really good to be back behind the mic here, uh, talking with you today. So before we really begin, before we dig into today's episode, I want to read a quick poem, and this is a piece of American literature that has really shaped the core of my being. This piece of American literature has really had an impact on my formative years, and I I think it really is going to complement today's episode. So I'm going to sit back and read this poem for you. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars. Lasers, airplanes, it's a duck blur. We might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Ducktails, a woo-oo. Every day they are out there making ducktails, a woo-oo. Tales of daring do, bad, and good luck tales. A woo, oo. Da da da! Danger lurks behind you. Look out! There's a stranger out to find you. What to do? Just grab onto some ducktails. A woo, oo. So this, my friends, of course. It's a work of art. It is the theme to the 1987 classic Disney television show DuckTales. And this just happens to be the featured game in the September-October 1989 issue of Nintendo Power, which we will be exploring today. So this, of course, is episode eight of the show. And, you know, I'll be honest, I'm having one heck of a week. Uh, I've been sick. My son has been very, very sick. Uh, we had some car troubles, super busy at work. Uh, So there's no place that I'd rather be right now than with you uh, taking a break from the craziness and riffing on some old classic Nintendo games. Uh, And I actually have one announcement before we really get going. On November 5th of this year, I'm going to be participating in the Extra Life Game-A-Thon. So this is an all-day global event to raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And I want to try to do some fun stuff this year. I'm working out the details right now. Uh, but until I do, uh, you can get more information on how to help support over at powertimepodcast.com slash extra life. And I promise I'll have more on this next week, uh, but I set a pretty ambitious uh, goal. So if you can help out, if you can donate, even if it's $5, that would be really, really helpful. Um, it's going to be going towards uh, Children's Hospital of, of Philadelphia, uh, CHOP. And uh, CHOP is really fantastic, really close to 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 me and my family. Um, our kids have gone there. Um, our kids' regular pediatrician is is part of the CHOP network. Um, so really, really close uh, close to my heart. And I'm excited to be playing video games on their behalf uh, and raising as much money as I can. So check that out, Extra Life, uh, powertimepodcast.com slash extra life. Okay, so Nintendo Power issue number eight. 
Let's take a look at the cover. It is still $3.50 in the US, still $4.50 in Canada, top dollar. Uh, and it's still the source for NES players straight from the, the pros. Uh, the cover of this issue is, is pretty appealing. There's the actual Scrooge McDuck animation. And I, lo- I really appreciate this. It's officially licensed. Uh, it's superimposed over this diorama created with real objects. So we have Scrooge's big computer where he selects what stage to go to. Uh, we have lots of vines, gold coins, um, and the mega computer. Uh, they all sort of point to actual scenes and elements from the game, which is a lot of fun. Uh, so we, we have a really good feel uh, for the levels, especially the Amazon level uh, with this cover. And I really appreciate that we have the officially licensed Scrooge McDuck. So it's not just some crude animation, some crude drawing, uh, just to complement the character. They actually got Disney's uh, licensed character here. So the headlines show that this issue is going to be jam-packed with content. We have 12 pages of treasure hunting strategy in DuckTales, plus Game Boy hits to go, Batman preview plus poster. Bonus, we have Super Mario Bros. 2 tip book uh, that was included as an, an add-on for this issue, uh, part two of, of that Super Mario Bros. 2 tip book. And we're not going to waste any more time. We've got a lot of treasure to hunt. So let's just get right into the first feature. Uh, we'll hop into our feature section for today's episode and check out DuckTales. Scrooge McDuck is already the richest duck in the world. So what does he do? Sit around and enjoy his money? Of course not. He goes on a worldwide treasure hunt and you get to go along for the fun. This is DuckTales. So page one of this feature immediately utilizes the licensed characters from the show. We have the official DuckTales logo at the top. Along with the characters, uh, we have Launchpad, Uncle Scrooge, Webby, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. We have Bubba Duck, and we have the Beagle Boys, those, uh, those bad Beagle Boys. And as per tradition, uh, Nintendo Power introduces the gameplay mechanics and features uh, right off the bat. So we have features like hidden treasures that you can discover, uh, three different endings. I actually didn't realize this until recently, that the endings were determined by how much money and treasure Scrooge gathered throughout the game. So that was pretty cool. Uh, We have some maps here, of course. We have the first uh, stage, which is the Amazon stage, uh, which shows you the full stage layout along with hidden rooms, uh, tips for shortcuts, and uh, expert secret treasure hunting. Uh, So in this game, there's a lot of hidden treasure that you can uncover. So you might remember this. Uh, You had to have $300,000 to get past the one Amazon statue toward the end of this stage. Uh, And if you didn't have that, uh, you could always backtrack to get more money. But I I actually found a little trick. I was playing this game uh, about a week ago. Uh, You could just backtrack and one of the enemies walks into that stage and you can just pogo stick on that enemy's head and get past, uh, pogo stick up to the ladder and get past Um, So it wasn't really so much uh, of a requirement as I remember it being when I was a kid. 
There are enemies and ice cream cones and Scrooge figures hidden throughout the level. Uh, they're all illustrated here in this nice two-page map spread. Uh, so you might remember ice cream cones and cakes. Uh, those gave you your health back. And the Scrooge figures were actually uh, one-ups, extra lives. The gameplay for DuckTales, it was definitely one of a kind. It was built like a simple platformer. So you controlled Scrooge. You could run in either direction. You can go forwards. You can backtrack throughout the level. Uh, and you were free to just roam uh, these, these stages. Uh, and in many cases, uh, you had to, in certain levels, backtrack. Uh, enemies had varying patterns. There were uh, bosses to tackle in each level. And all of the stages had different secrets and shortcuts to, to discover hidden walls. Uh, you can climb vines, ladders. You can get help from non-playable characters, uh, which is always fun uh, to stumble upon the NPCs, the non-playable characters from the actual franchise, from the show. But the key gameplay differentiator for DuckTales, aside from its great use of the license, uh, was Scrooge's cane mechanics. So Scrooge, like most rich old ducks that I know, uh, he carried a cane. And the geniuses at Capcom uh, used this particular feature to define some of the key actions that you can take uh, in the gameplay. So for starters, you could use the cane as a pogo stick. And this would allow you to bounce off of enemies and also off of other surfaces. So there are areas with spikes that you couldn't cross on your, with your bare feet, your webbed feet, uh, unless you actually utilize the pogo jump uh, could you actually go get across them? Uh, so it was a really creative and unique gameplay mechanic. And you also jumped higher when you pogo jumped. Uh, so certain secrets were discovered solely by using this feature. And while this sounds like fun, you know, bouncing around all the time, uh, there were actually levels like the Himalayas uh, where using the pogo jump would get you stuck in the snow. So that was a really interesting decision that they made at Capcom and it added some variety helped mix up the game uh, in my opinion uh, so that you weren't just pogo sticking all around you actually had to use it with some some uh, a bit of strategy there were also times where spikes were overhead and if you pogo stick too often you would hit the spikes overhead so it was uh, it was a very very well designed game and of course you know the other use for the pogo stick was to swing it like a golf club so this allowed you to hit items around either to defeat certain foes or to clear a path, um, or you can use it to find more treasure. Uh, all of this was done just using the D-pad and two buttons, which I think is pretty impressive, right? So as a kid, I remember the controls for this game being just incredibly intuitive. Uh, I rarely struggled with controlling Scrooge, timing jumps, progressing through the game. I remember playing uh, DuckTales as a kid, uh, with very, very little frustration. Uh, and I think that, you know, I have a lot of vivid memories of Nintendo titles just being absolutely frustrating. DuckTales was certainly not one of them. It was a complete joy to play. So we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to listen to uh, some music uh, from our next featured stage in the issue, which is Transylvania. So that was the one-ups performing their version of the Transylvania theme, the hardest working duck in show business, off of their album Songs for the Recently Deceased. Awesome album. Definitely uh, recommend that you check that out. I'll have some links in the show notes for that one. Uh, so check out the show notes, powertimepodcast.com slash eight. 
uh, and I'll have some information on how you can support them and check out the rest of the songs on that record. So up next in the issue, we get a full spread on the Transylvania stage, and there are coffins with the letters R.I.P. on them. And a fun fact that I learned in researching this game is that they were actually crosses, but that, that was toned down in the final version. Uh, so some fun tips in the issue from Nintendo Power here for this stage. Uh, you can hit the suits of the duck armor. Uh, there's these knighted uh, ducks, uh, the just static knighted ducks that, that are in this area. And if you hit hit them uh, once, their head spins. And if you hit them twice, uh, you can try to reveal hidden treasure or cake. Uh, there are mirrors in this stage that transport you to different parts of the level. And this can be quite confusing. So there is a special warp chart in this issue of Nintendo Power that illustrates, uh, just to make it a little bit easier, uh, going from mirror to mirror. Uh, so here's a big one. Uh, so in DuckTales, Scrooge can only take three hits. Uh, he has three hit points, meaning you can only take damage three times before losing a life. Uh, you can find two life power-ups hidden in the game that extend your HP all the way up to five. So it's incredibly helpful. Uh, and there's one highlighted here in the Transylvania stage. This is super helpful, especially as you get into some of the later stages and you have to take on uh, some of the boss fights. Up next, we take a look at the African Mines stage. And I remember that you can find Webby in this level. And sure enough, that's a highlight right here in the magazine. After that, there are some tips on how to beat the treasure keepers. And these are the bosses for each stage. They, they keep you from getting the final treasure in each stage. And that's really what you're after. Every level, whether it's a scepter or a crown or the, uh, the moon cheese, like you're after a specific piece of treasure in each level. Uh, and it's the treasure keepers that are guarding that treasure. Uh, then we have some teasers for the Himalayas stage where you'll encounter hockey mask wearing creatures and the abominable snowman. Uh, and you'll also find Bubba Duck in that level, which is a lot of fun. I remember that character being one of my favorites. Uh, after that, there's a teaser for my favorite stage, uh, and that is the moon, where you have to find Gizmo Duck's remote control uh, to get him to help you progress through the stage. Um, the moon is absolutely incredible. Um, definitely my favorite stage in the game. Probably the most challenging. I believe it's, it's listed last, uh, which, you know, you can pick whatever level you want in any order, but you know, being listed last usually indicates that it's the harder one. Uh, but I absolutely had a blast playing through this level. Uh, so the feature for, for DuckTales in this issue of Nintendo Power, it ends with an image of Scrooge and a caption saying, that's all for now. Next time we meet, it will be on the screen on your NES. Uh, and absolutely, you know, if, if you were a kid growing up, you watched DuckTales. Um, it, was on, it was on in syndication for years and years to come. Uh, and once you saw this title in your local rental store, it was an absolute must pick up and it's certainly delivered. So we're going to take another music break. This time we're going to hear that iconic moon theme and we're going to hear it as performed by The Advantage.
So again, that was the moon theme by The Advantage. And there are a couple different renditions I could have went with there. Uh, Mariachi Entertainment System has an amazing cover as well as the Gear 200X. And they have a a bit more of a heavier cover. Uh, And I'll put those in the show notes so that you can check those out. Uh, So we're looking at, you know, the production of DuckTales right now. And this was produced, obviously, by by Capcom. Uh, We talked a little bit before how Mickey Mousecapade uh, was not developed by Capcom, but it was released by Capcom. And that was kind of the kickoff to this partnership with Disney. Um, and this is really the first game uh, that was both produced, uh, developed, and 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 released by Capcom uh, to, to start this Disney partnership. And, and I don't want to say that it's going to get a lot better because DuckTales, to me, certainly feels like a pinnacle um, in NES gameplay. But when you have other games like uh, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers, uh, Chip and Dale 2... Darkwing Duck. Um, uh, there's the Magical Kingdom title. Uh, there's just so many awesome Capcom Disney titles uh, that that are yet to be released. Um, but this definitely kicks kicks it off, and it kicks it off in a really strong way. So I wasn't able to dig too deep into the production of DuckTales, and that's mostly because there wasn't too much information out there on the internet, at least after my initial sweep. Uh, and I'm sure if I dug deep enough, you know, the real hidden treasures will start to be unearthed, you know, but alas, it's been a really rough week for me. And I haven't quite figured out how to make video game historian my full-time job, but I'm really working on it. So if you have any ideas, certainly let me know. So here's what I did find though. According to Wikipedia, many of the Mega Man team members at Capcom also worked on DuckTales. And I can see that, you know, there's some similar enemy patterns, uh, it certainly feels fluid like a Mega Man title. It feels well-designed. The, the, the stages are unique. The music is unique. It feels well-designed, just like you would expect from Mega Man, a uh, Mega Man title like Mega Man 2, uh, the as-yet-to-be-released uh, Mega Man 3. Um, and one really nice feature of DuckTales was the ability to choose whatever stage you wanted to from the beginning. Uh, so the order of completion was totally up to the player. And that's not too far off from the Mega Man franchise. You could pick what Mega Man stages you want to play in any order. And in fact, uh, picking them in specific orders could it could be strategic. Um, so I could see that mechanic being carried over from development. Uh, and I really appreciated that as a kid. Um, you know, but one key difference, I'd say, between Mega Man... You know, aside from not having the ability to shoot a projectile from Scrooge's arm, it was the lack of a password or save system. So DuckTales was a beat it in one sitting type of adventure, uh, which was really not a problem for me, considering that, you know, you could pick up and play your favorite levels whenever, even if you had no intentions of beating the game, play a couple of your favorite levels before dinner time, after dinner time. Um, and that was really gratifying. There was a sequel to DuckTales, uh, DuckTales 2, but I shockingly have never played it. Uh, despite this particular title being one of my favorite games as a kid, I owned it. I, I played the heck out of it. Um, I don't remember playing DuckTales 2. I'm going to look into why that might have been the case. I think that it was released after the Super Nintendo. And I, you know, whenever that next generation console comes out, uh, you tend to lose a little interest and lose a little steam and what's going on in the older in the older generation. So that might have been the case. So I'm going to play another clip from the one-ups just because I really enjoy this version of the African Minds theme. And after that, we'll talk about some memories of this fun little title uh, and how you can experience it today uh, because there's a really fun way to experience this game today. Thank you. 
So yes, DuckTales was one of the best games that I owned. Uh, I absolutely had a copy. I was obsessed with the show, completely obsessed with the show. And actually, in researching DuckTales, I was surprised to learn that the show only ran for a few seasons. So the show ran from 1987 to 1990. And I always assumed that this show ran for almost a decade because I remember watching it for more than a decade. Uh, But in retrospect, it was just heavily in syndication. So I grew up watching rerun after rerun after rerun, which is probably why I remember so many of the episodes so well. So my take on DuckTales, the game, uh, is that it was incredibly popular and well-remembered because the mechanics were so unique and the difficulty was not super hard. Uh, I only beat the game a handful of times as a kid, but I played it a billion times. uh, So that really speaks to the pickup and playness of the title. Uh, And, you know, between bouncing around on the pogo stick, which was an absolute blast, uh, I remember finding the music to be really, really enjoyable and uh, get stuck in your head, these earworms, and you would just carry them around forever. So I think this, uh, just like the Mega Man titles, really showcase Capcom's ability to craft these addicting and enjoyable soundtracks. Uh, I'm going to link up to a YouTube video from Wee Guy in the show notes at powertimepodcast.com slash eight, where you can listen to the entire soundtrack uh, in a stereo, 8-bit stereo mix. Uh, it sounds really great uh, and it's sure to kind of tickle your retro bone. Uh, so if you want to play, that sounded really dirty, tickle your retro bone, um, you know, It'll, it'll take you back. It'll take you back to the old days. Uh, so if you want to play DuckTales today, 2016, uh, I'm not sure that you're going to have much luck finding a legal copy on the virtual consoles. I certainly couldn't. Um, this is likely due to licensing issues. It's not really available anywhere to my knowledge. Um, you can, however, download and enjoy DuckTales Remastered. And this was kind of a reimagining of the original title. It is in high def, beautiful, you know, cell shaded graphics, looks and feels like the cartoon. Uh, This was produced and released in 2013. uh, And that's available on PS3, Xbox 360, Wii U, and I believe a handful of other platforms. Like it might be on PC. Uh, You could also always, you know, try to track down an old NES cart. Uh, Retro USB put out the AVS, which is a brand new HDMI output uh, NES console that you can use. So if you want to get your hands on an old cart and an AVS, you can certainly play it that way. Uh, And here's a fun fact about uh, DuckTales Remastered. That game was actually produced by WaveForward, and WaveForward put out one of my absolute favorite games of the past decade, which is a reimagining of a boy and his blob absolutely gorgeous and incredibly playable game. Uh, Lots of, you know, slight gameplay enhancements that make that whole experience feel retro, but fresh at the same time, just like uh, DuckTales Remastered. So I also want to give a shout out to Yacht Club Games and their 2014 release, Shovel Knight. Uh, You probably have heard of this title. Uh, Amazing throwback game uh, produced after a successful Kickstarter campaign. I played through Shovel Knight on the 3DS and I had a complete blast. Uh, It borrows a lot of the same mechanics. So if you're looking for a fun throwback DuckTales-esque title, if you can't get your hands on the original DuckTales, this is it. I really, really can't recommend Shovel Knight enough. It was such a fun game. Uh, So power players, uh, we are going to have to wrap up DuckTales. I wish I could talk about it uh, more uh, and, and just dig up some more history, uh, but we got to keep things going. So if you have some feedback on DuckTales on this game, uh, tweet at me at Yo Power Time. Uh, we're going to keep the ball rolling uh, this episode with the rest of the features, uh, but let's keep the conversation about DuckTales going over on Twitter or our private Facebook group. So up next, we have our Dragon Warrior review, uh, which was previewed in a previous episode Um, never before have you experienced this kind of adventure on your NES. This review gives Dragon Warrior, uh, the U.S. version of the original Dragon Quest, a lot of attention. Um, This game is is a long time coming. Uh, The graphics do look a little dated. I will say that personally. Uh, Keep in mind that Dragon Quest uh, in Japan was released in 1987, and Dragon Warrior wasn't released until 1989. So the game itself was quite old. Uh, You get some maps and strategy here in Nintendo Power along with eight or so pages. Uh, 
of, uh, of this feature. One thing I noticed here was the line, the road is long and full of hidden dangers. And this to me, you know, maybe, maybe this feels like, like a, a call back to me, but this felt a little bit like a song of ice and fire. The night is dark and full of terrors. So I don't remember playing Dragon Warrior, as I mentioned uh, last episode. Um, I was really into Final Fantasy much later in life. Um, and I went back and played the original Final Fantasy titles. Uh, but as I got into RPGs later in the Super Nintendo era, um, I didn't really go back and, and get into the all of the NES uh, classic RPG titles. So maybe one day I will play uh, Dragon Warrior. Up next, we've got a review of the game Hoops, a basketball title, as well as Fester's Quest, uh, which was based on the Adams Family series. Fester's Quest features some super bizarre Uh, interesting things like uh, eating hot dogs to restore health, confronting aliens. Uh, There's even a T-Rex. It looks like a decent enough game. I remember playing it at a few buddies' houses. Um, Certainly a cultish hit among some uh, retro game fanatics. Uh, There are a lot of maps. Uh, There's a lot of strategy for this game. Uh, Very comprehensive uh, look here in Nintendo Power Issue 8. After that, we have one of my uh, favorite games. Uh, This was a game that I also owned, just like DuckTales, probably around the same time, and that is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, So this game was released by LGN in 1989. It was based on the film, um, based on, you know, one of the best films, one of the classic films of our youth, Roger Rabbit. Uh, You control Eddie Valiant as he kind of scours L.A. in the 1940s looking for clues, looking for items to progress through the story. So there's a lot of crossover from the film. Uh, We talked a little bit about this last episode. There's a lot of variety in the gameplay. So from solving the mystery, answering the weasel's punchlines, which is an interesting little kind of side game that you play throughout the game. Uh, A bit of interesting combat. You can use different items from the movie. there's a lot of driving in this game, uh, which is really cool. And here's an interesting note uh, from Wikipedia. One of the Los Angeles locations that the player can visit is the Ink and Paint Club, where Roger's wife Jessica is performing. She offers hints as to where to find pieces of the will, and a telephone number can be found by searching the tables. When the game was originally released, players could call that number and hear a recording of Jessica giving additional tips on gameplay. I I think this is absolutely crazy. Uh, The recording is no longer available, and that number has since been reassigned to a different company. You can probably guess uh, what type of 1-800-1900 phone line company that that's been reassigned to. Uh, So I thought this was absolutely uh, kooky. Um, the, The type of thing that you would only find uh, kind of perusing Wikipedia for video game odd news. Um, the the review here in this issue uh, continues to show off some items that you know you have the spring shoes, the cigar, the portable hole, and the crowbar, uh, and a lot of these could be used as weapons. Uh, there's also RK Maroon's will, uh, which you will need to find to progress throughout the game. You spend a lot of time talking to people in this game that's highlighted in this review. Uh, and when you're not driving from building to building, uh, you're also exploring caves, which I thought was a bit bizarre back when I owned this game because I didn't remember any caves being in the actual film. So I remember, you know, I definitely owned a copy of Roger Rabbit. I played it a ton uh, to the point where I actually had a specific passcode memorized. There was a passcode system in this game. Uh, and this code gave you all of the items you needed so that you can zip right to Toontown. And the only thing that I never figured out Uh, like ever. Like I remember playing this game in college or playing this game shortly after college and I still couldn't figure it out. Um, I, you know, even, even now, you know, I'm sure I can look it up on the web, uh, was how to defeat doom. I could get to the warehouse where he was located and I'd have all the items, uh, and I'd punch him in the face repeatedly and I would try to defeat him. I would use all the items, uh, and I just couldn't do it. Uh, and I even tried to tackle him once with game genie, Uh, I had a code where he couldn't defeat you. Uh, You just had infinite energy uh, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't win. So I've never beat Roger Rabbit. So one day, uh, hopefully soon, I might have to pick this up uh, and beat Roger Rabbit and give it a shot. So before we finish up the feature segment, I just want to give another quick shout out to John Harrison from Classically Trained. 
uh, .net for supporting the show. He was kind enough to leave the following review on iTunes. I loved reading Nintendo Power. I remember checking the mail every day, waiting for the next issue. Tom does a great job of reviving that same excitement. Be sure to subscribe to this show. So, John, I just want to say thanks again. I appreciate the compliment and the kind words. And for all the listeners out there, if you are enjoying the show, uh, please definitely subscribe uh, through iTunes so that you can check out future episodes. And if you are really enjoying the show, if the show is right up your alley, it would totally make my day and it would absolutely make my year. If you could just send this along to a friend or family member, just anyone that you used to play Nintendo with. So it could be a cousin, brother, sister, could be an old neighborhood friend, maybe even your parents. But if you remember this stuff fondly, uh, reach out to someone else and just say, hey, you know, I've been listening to this new podcast. You might totally dig it. I would absolutely appreciate it. It helps me grow the audience. uh, And the bigger the audience, the more fun stuff that I can do. Uh, So the more that we can grow this, you know, we're all in this together. Um, We'll keep this thing going. So up next, to conclude the features section of the magazine, we have a big review on the Nintendo Game Boy. This is on page 51. Nintendo did a great job explaining what the Game Boy is. Probably a much better job than they did explaining the Wii U when that was released not too long ago. Um, As we know, they've received a ton of criticism on that. Uh, We're all waiting patiently with our fingers crossed to see what the Nintendo NX is uh, and see how they market that and how they introduce that to everybody. Uh, But here, you know, we get a headline that reads, Game Boy, what is it? Portable and powerful, that is the innovative new system, new game system that will travel anywhere. Game Boy's detailed graphics, super stereo sound and compact game packs make it a perfect package for play on the go. We see a full image of the device here uh, with a bit of the it's kind of like an anatomy diagram. Um, we take a look at all the different things that make up the Game Boy. There's the battery indicator light, the rechargeable battery, the AC adapter connector, uh, the power switch, the game pa- uh, the game pack slot. Uh, we have the video link cable connection, the contrast and volume knobs, uh, the controls, the speaker, the headphone jack, and I don't know why this needs to be here, but the battery cover. Uh, so we learn all about the Game Boy. We take a nice good look at it. We also see the first five titles. Most notably, uh, we have Alleyway, Super Mario Land, and uh, this was bundled with the release title Tetris. We talked a little bit about that last uh, last uh, episode. Uh, there's actually a full-page article here on a link with the Soviet Union where the concept and the history of Tetris is presented along with a note on how Howard Lincoln, uh, the senior vice president of Nintendo of America, actually visited Moscow to secure the rights for the game. And we're probably going to touch on that in the next episode. So the next few pages in Nintendo Power just explain how Tetris works and how to strategize playing with the different game options that that Tetris has on the Game Boy. So of course, you know, I remember playing a ton of Game Boy. I had it. I've recalled a few times already on the Power Time podcast that my sister and I, we were lucky enough to both have our own Game Boys. Uh, And we would play uh, two-player versus mode for Tetris using the system link cable on long car rides and at my grandparents' house. Uh, I remember having Tetris and Super Mario Land in the early days, and I picked up a ton more titles throughout the years, which I'm sure we'll be covering in future episodes. So I was a huge Game Boy fan. I'm very excited to see it formally reviewed here at Nintendo Power so we can get a glimpse of new titles as they're released alongside the NES games. So Nintendo Power... Uh, this is no longer just about NES. Uh, we're going to be getting a lot of Game Boy, and then very soon, before we know it, we'll be getting some Super Nintendo titles as well. So next up, we have our previews segment. Uh, this is going to be covering the hottest new NES game packs forthcoming. Uh, let's uh, let's check them out after this musical interlude.
So many of you listeners may not have recognized that live song by The Advantage. It's not the most memorable tune, but if you listened closely, you might have noticed a few diehard fans screaming, Willow, Willow, in the background. Um, And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Next up, we have another Capcom title. Uh, This one also based on a popular license at the time. Uh, This is based off of the 1988 Ron Howard film Willow, starring Warwick Davis, starring Val Kilmer. Um, Willow, fantastic movie. Here we have a fantastic action RPG adventure title. Um, I never played it, but I absolutely want to, especially after taking a look at this. I did fire up uh, Willow for about five to ten minutes last week. I didn't get a ton of time with it, uh, but I really, really enjoyed just taking a look at it. Uh, and, and playing for the brief amount of time that I did. So I'm adding this one to the list of games that I need to play through. Uh, and if you're a fan of Willow, you can reach out to me on Twitter at YoPowerTime and let me know how you felt about it. We're going to be talking a little bit about Willow next episode. Up next, we have one of the top-rated NES games of all time, and that is River City Ransom. Uh, the generic boys giving you trouble can't seem to get across the Clark Street Bridge alone. Well, my friend, Technos has given you the solution. Just holler for your best NES buddy, and the two of you can take them on at the same time. It's the roughest, toughest, two-fisted, put-up-your-Duke-street-brawl-ever, River City Ransom. And I'm pretty sure that we're going to get get into River City Ransom in a future episode as well, so we're going to keep this, this particular episode moving. Uh, but the gameplay, of course, looks like it's a ton of fun, uh, as depicted here in Nintendo Power. Just a good brawler. Looks and feels like the spiritual successor to Renegade, uh, and it, it kind of is. I mean, this is also by uh, Technos slash Tato. Uh, so we'll talk about River City Ransom in the future. Uh, next, we have our first look at Batman for the NES with some previews of gameplay. We have some actually have some maps here, some of the items. One of the key features for Batman here is the normal and long jumps as well as the, uh, the, wa- the wall jump. Uh, so you'll remember the wall jump is kind of a similar mechanic to Ninja Gaiden, and that comes up in some of the uh, the praise and or criticism for Batman, depending upon what you read. And finally, we have NES Play Action Football from Nintendo. Eight teams, four-player action. Wait, what? Four-player action? Uh, yeah, the Nintendo only had two controller ports, so how can you get four players? Uh, well, we're going to be talking about that in just a bit. You had five play options, multiple difficulty levels, and you had playoffs. Wow. And the stadium goes wild. Uh, You actually had a a whole lot of uh, replay clips in NES Play Action Football, and we're going to be covering that in the next episode too. Uh, For video shorts, we have Air Fortress, Sky Shark, Casino Kid, Castle Quest, Jordan vs. Bird, one-on-one, Bad Street Brawler, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, for Packwatch, we have Shadowgate, Bases Loaded 2, Gilligan's Island, codenamed Viper by Capcom. We have Tombs and Treasure, Godzilla. We have A Boy and His Blob. I cannot wait to talk about that. Uh, we have a few teased Game Boy games here as well. Uh, then we have Double Dare, Pictionary, and a few more. Uh, so there are a lot of exciting packs coming out for the Nintendo. Uh, you know, holiday season is right around the corner, so it's about time to start drumming up some excitement for some of these upcoming packs. So moving along to our next feature, That's So Retro. Uh, We're going to take a look at some of the real throwback elements that make this issue feel extra 1980-90. And the first that we're going to take a look at is the NES Satellite. Uh, So this is super retro looking. Um, It is an official accessory produced by Nintendo, which served as both a wireless remote adapter uh, so you could have wireless controllers and a four-player multi-tap. Um, so this thing, you know, it just looks absolutely retro. It's big, it's bulky, it's gray, built to match the NES color scheme. You attach one piece into the existing two-player outlets, uh, the, two, the, the, the two existing ports on the NES control deck, uh, and then with six C batteries in the other piece, uh, you could attach four controllers into that base station, And then that base could be, you know, according to Nintendo Power, placed up to 20 feet away from the console as long as there is a clear line of sight to the deck. Uh, So you can move it closer to the couch. Uh, You can do whatever you needed to do. Um, So it was mobile. It was wireless. Uh, And the interesting, it's certainly an interesting device. 
uh, four-player gameplay has its place in the arcades back in this day, back in the 80s. Um, and it will certainly have its day in the console space. You know, we're going to be talking about the N64 and the GameCube, which will ship with four ports built in. Uh, Nintendo Power, uh, it also features a couple games, a few titles that are going to support this out of the box, including NES Play Action Football, including Super Off-Road. There's a few other sports titles as well. Uh, So we'll catch up on the satellite and look at some four-player games in future episodes. Up next, of course, Nintendo Power is known for its retro comics. This week, we have Howard and Nestor riffing on Mega Man 2. In this particular comic, Howard is portrayed as a robot created by Wily, and Nestor has to square off against him to see who knows the best tips regarding the game. They expose a bunch of tips and tricks, and in the end, Nestor wins, and Howard wakes up in the last frame uh, in bed, clearly having a nightmare. Uh, because he would never be ousted uh, by Nestor, especially in a game knowledge off. Uh, just a great comic. I'm excited to see that it's still going strong uh, eight issues in. So since switching the format of the show, I've been glancing over the video shorts and pack watch segments just a bit, uh, really just reading off the games that are mentioned. Uh, but here is a super retro description of the game Bad Street Brawler by Mattel. And I just had to share this. So Bad Street Brawler, the instruction manual states, you are Duke Davis, former punk rocker and the world's coolest martial arts vigilante. Says it all, doesn't it? Move through 15 stages of parks, alleys, piers, railroad yards, and other assorted unfriendly places with moves like the ear pull, roundhouse kick, bull ram, strangle, and headbutt. You must dispatch fiends like the skateboarder, fat man, Attila, the honey, and one real funky gorilla, just to name a few. Be alert, some moves are better against certain enemies. The game also features a power glove option and driving rock and roll soundtrack. That's the best we've ever heard with a game pack. So there you go, Bad Street Brawler. I don't even remember this game. I don't remember playing it. I don't remember it existing. Uh, But the screenshots and this description has me sold. Super, super retro. Uh, Celebrity profile this week, we have Brian Robbins, host of Head of the Class uh, and the game show Pictionary. Uh, Also featured here, and this is absolutely retro, I'm sure you remember this, it is the NES cleaning kit. Uh, It was $9.95. It's shown here on page 94. And I had this, as I'm sure many of us did. Uh, It included a game pack cleaner and a control deck cleaner. And I quote here, Nintendo Power, Uh, both specifically designed to gently but effectively remove gunk from your components. Got to keep that gunk out. uh, Otherwise, you know, you're going to be blowing in those cartridges and that is not an advisable practice. You get a lot of of H2O, a lot of liquid in there and that does not fare well uh, for the cartridge components. Uh, Finally, the player's poll contest prize is to uh, meet RoboCop in person in Houston for a behind-the-scenes look at filming uh, at the filming of the second RoboCop film. This is a pretty big prize, and I'm always curious how these ended up. I wish we could reach out to some of the winners and ask them how their experience was, you know, claiming these prizes, going to meet RoboCop on site of RoboCop 2. That would be a lot of fun. So we're coming up to the end of the show, but first we have one of my favorite segments, Are We Having Fun Yet? And this is an opportunity to showcase some of the odds and ends that were really just fun and awesome back in the day. Things that are covered in the issue that don't really fit in anywhere else. And uh, for me, that this issue, it's Captain N, the Game Master. Um, in this issue, we're going to feature none other than Captain N. Uh, this was one of the all-time best classic video game cartoons. And for those of us who don't remember enjoying this cartoon, here's the premise. I'm going to read it off to you. 15-year-old Kevin Keene from Northridge, California gets pulled into the television during the opening sequence into a world called Nintendo Land. There's a fictional cartoon character, Princess Lana, who is the ruler of Nintendo Land. There are two factions of good and evil, the forces of light and the League of Darkness. Kevin is summoned to fight for good along with his dog, Duke. There are a lot of game crossovers here. We have Simon and, uh, from Castlevania, Pit from Kid Icarus. We have Mega Man. Uh, you might remember Mega Man looks absolutely nothing like his video game counterpart. He's this pudgy, masked little kid in a green suit. Really, really strange. 
On the villain side, there's King Hippo from Punch-Out, the Eggplant Wizard from Kid Icarus, Dr. Wily, and the master villain is uh, Mother Brain from Metroid. And from what I remember, uh, you know, looking back on this game, what I remember the most was the inclusion of a giant Game Boy as a talking character, and he had kind of an attitude. Uh, You should Google this because it's really, really comical. Uh, the heroes would fly around on this big Game Boy like a flying carpet. If I remember correctly, it's been a while since I watched the show. So I have a few distinct memories from this show, and I want to quick, quickly share those. Uh, the first one being back in the day, so 1990-ish. I remember watching this show. It's so strange how you have these vivid memories of specific moments in time where you remember experiencing something like this. Um, I'm sure we all have them. For me, I remember watching this show at this little breakfast nook on one of those uh, mini rabbit ear color TVs. Uh, they were really popular to have in kitchens back in the 1990s. And I remember watching this in a show called uh, Gravedale High uh, while I was on vacation at my Aunt Kathy's house in Sea Isle City, New Jersey. And they were both part of the NBC's Saturday morning lineup. And uh, the reason why I remember Gravedale High specifically is because I had all of the McDonald's Happy Meal toys associated with that franchise. Uh, Gravedale High was an interesting little cartoon. I think Rick Moranis was was attached to that particular show. So Captain N, Gravedale High, I remember watching those on Saturday mornings. And then my other Captain N memory comes from 2008, 2009, uh, when I was living in South Philadelphia with a few of my best friends. And there's a company um, that put out a lot of classic TV shows, uh, Shout Factory. Uh, they put out a bunch of shows on DVD, including the complete series of Captain N, and that was released in 2007. And I remember getting it on Netflix. Uh, we would watch these classic episodes of Captain N at like 2 o'clock in the morning after a night of serious drinking. Uh, really, really good times. And as a side note, that DVD is now going for over $200 on Amazon, uh, and it's like 65 on eBay. So if you see some limited release stuff in the future, uh, that that you think is going to be of value, definitely uh, think about picking it up. It might be worth it. And finally, this is a nice piece uh, to wrap up this segment. A 10-year-old, Abby Fisher, won the Summer CES contest that we talked about a few episodes back, and they showcased uh, here what her trip was like to Chicago. So we actually do see you know, what some of these contests uh, trips end up looking like. Looks like uh, Abby had a really awesome time, so that's pretty cool to see. And uh, with that, you know, we're going to start wrapping things up. We're going to wrap things up with the top 10 as reported in issue number eight uh, as part of Nintendo Power's top 30. Uh, So here are your top 10 games, uh, September, October of 1989. Coming in at number one, we have Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. After that, we have Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh, Then we have Ninja uh, Ninja Gaiden at number three. We have The Legend of Zelda at number four. At number five, we have Blaster Master. At number six, we have Castlevania II, Simon's Quest. At number seven, we have Legacy of the Wizard. Uh, At number eight, we have Bionic Commando. At number nine, we have Guardian Legend. And at number 10, we have Metroid. Uh, So here's an interesting thing. Uh, TMNT is number four for the player's picks, but it doesn't show up in the top 10. Uh, It's at number 18, Uh, for the pros, and it's not even in the top 30 for the dealers. So I thought that was really bizarre. Uh, Up next week, stay tuned uh, for next week's episode. We're going to be diving deep into uh, Iron Sword and RoboCop, as well as Dragon Warrior, Shadowgate, and Ultra's new submarine game, Silent Service. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And as always, my gratitude and deep admiration for the music that is featured in today's episode. All of these artists have been super supportive, so let's definitely do our part to support them if we can. First, we heard Azure Flux, uh, the unofficial theme to the Power Time podcast, Eat My Chips. Next, we heard the DuckTales theme in 8-Bit Stereo by WeGuy. We heard the Hardest Working Duck in Show Business by The One-Ups. We heard the Moon theme by The Advantage the African Minds theme by the one-ups, and we heard a live version of Willow by the Advantage. Uh, So lots of Advantage, lots of the one-ups. I promise that wasn't planned ahead. Uh, And you can head on over to powertimepodcast.com slash eight to check out the links to all of these, as well as the links to a few tracks that didn't make the cut, uh, but are still amazing, like the Mariachi Entertainment System covering the moon theme. Super awesome. 
Uh, you'll also find links to a couple of sites where I got some of the research. Uh, HardcoreGaming101.net, always incredible. ShackNews.com has a DuckTales timeline. GiantBomb.com has some history uh, and a link to the Wikipedia article. Uh, there's a couple of YouTube uh, videos. This is what I like to call Power Time DLC, uh, where you can get some of the extra content for this episode uh, by way of some special videos and special features. So head on over to the show notes to check that out. Okay, Power Players, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you for bearing with me. If you are listening in real time, I apologize for the delay. I'm feeling a little bit better, definitely on the mend. Uh, and I will follow this one up quickly with episode nine, and we'll just keep these pumping as quickly as possible. Uh, just another reminder, I am raising uh, donations for the Extra Life Gameathon in November to benefit my local children's hospital, CHOP. Again, my kids go there. It's an amazing network. Uh, you can check out more details at powertimepodcast.com slash extra life. Uh, so if you have $5, even $5 of spares, incredibly helpful. Uh, that would mean a lot to me. Um, and if you want to join the community, uh, interact with me on Facebook, interact with other power players, head on over to powertimepodcast.com slash unlocked while you're, on, uh, while you're over there. Um, and you can get access to uh, my weekly newsletter. Uh, and the private Facebook group uh, so that you can chat, hang out, talk games, have some fun. Uh, It's been a blast so far. So again, thanks as always for your time, attention, and participation. Uh, It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I am honestly so glad to be back behind the mic, uh, feeling a little bit better. And again, uh, we'll keep things moving along with future episodes. But until next time, keep on playing with power. (laughs) 